Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. We've all heard of the Ten Commandments, that most well-known portion of the Old Testament. Actually, the Bible is full of commandments, far beyond those ten original. When God commands His people to do something, what response is He looking for? You may well be surprised as we touch this intriguing question during the next 30 minutes. And with us today for a program that I think will be very memorable for all of us as we are continuing on in the book of Exodus is Dick Taylor. Welcome back, Dick. Thanks, Chris, and I appreciate this program particularly today because this program calls for a response to God's Word. Dick, the Ten Commandments were delivered by God to Moses in Exodus chapters 19 and 20, and Moses in turn then passed them on to the children of Israel, the Jews. How God's New Testament people, the Christians, should relate to these commandments has been a topic of major discussion, I would say even debate or sometimes controversy for all these past 20 centuries. Why is this such a difficult issue for believers to deal with? It's difficult, Chris, mainly because we do not realize and see God's eternal intention. If we really see his intention and his heart's desire, we will come to the word in a proper way. Otherwise, the word may kill us. When God's intention is that he would give life to us, and he would saturate us with himself as the most wonderful person in the whole universe. Well, Dick, this is really a a well-put introduction to our program today because this experience, and whether the word is life to us or whether it's death to us, it very much depends not on God. God is unchanging. It depends on our condition and how we approach, as you said, the word. That's right. Let's join Witness Lee. The giving of the law or the function of the law, it has two aspects. The uh, day aspect and the night aspect. The law is spiritual because it is something of God and something out of God and something still belonging to God. And God is the spirit, so whatever comes out of God Whatever belongs to God must be in the same nature. So the law is high. It's very high. Don't think uh, the law is uh, not so good. Paul was very careful because in Romans 7, Paul says the law is good. He said not only the law is good, but the law is also spiritual. Now, how about the giving of the law? the decree of the law. To a kind of person, the decree is not so good. To another kind of person, the decree may be good. Whether the decree of the law is good or bad, is day or night, is bright or dark, depends who are you. If you are Moses, the decree of the law is wonderful. If you are not Moses, these three categories of people 
You see, mountain top, Moses was there, and the mountain bottom, the foothill, most of the children of Israel were there. And in between, maybe on the halfway, some were there. Moses, no doubt, he was there under infusion. And the ones in the midway, they were worshiping God afar off. And those at the mountain foothill, they were trembling afar off. One group trembling, and another group worshiping afar off, and a small group under infusion. Where are you? To Moses, probably including Joshua, the decree of the law was lovable, excellent, wonderful. But to those trembling ones, terrible. They were shocked to death. They were trembling there. So you tell me the decree of the law is good or bad. The deciding factor is not the decree. The deciding factor is you. If you are good, the decree is good. If you are bad, the decree is bad. Many people came to the Bible, they didn't get anything good. Rather, I saw too many. Not only non-believers, even thousands and thousands real believers, they all got slaughtered by the Bible. Honestly speaking, have you never seen anyone slaughtered by the Bible? A lot of pastors slaughtered by the Bible. Too many seminary students, they were all slaughtered by the Bible. It doesn't mean the Bible is bad. No, the Bible is good. God's gift is good. Dick, the law that God gave to Moses and to his people must be, surely, it's a good thing. It's something of God. It's something that reflects God. The Apostle Paul said it's something even spiritual. Not only so, it's also his word. Yet we've heard, and I think it's fair to say that most of us have experienced at one time or another, being killed by it, even slaughtered by it, to use Witness Lee's term. Dick, God's word should be spirit and life to us, according to John and according to 2 Corinthians. So then why sometimes does it kill us? The word kills us, Chris, because we do not realize God's intention, and oftentimes we do not realize the essence of the word. For example, in Romans 7, it says that even the law is spiritual and good. This indicates that the giving of the law, the speaking of the law, is something out from God. Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. So even the giving of the law was God-breathing. If we don't realize this, we'll come to the law in the wrong way. We'll come to the law to say, oh, what can I do? We end up just getting killed because we can't do any of it. But if we see this as God's breathing and that this law is spiritual good, we'll approach in a totally different way. Say, Lord, I can't do any of these things, but I open to you. I love you. I receive you. This is why many times we get killed by the word, because it's not a matter of the word. It's a matter of us and how we come to the word. Another verse is 2 Corinthians 3, 6, which you mentioned. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. We want to come to the word to get God's essence, which is just the spirit. But if we don't come for him, with the desire to receive him into our being, what we'll get is just letter, and letter will just kill. 
that letter is demanding you to do or to be a certain way, and you can't be that way anyway. You need Christ, who is the Spirit within that word. John 5, 39 and 40 indicate that the religious leaders had the word, they used the word, and came to the word in an improper way. They searched it. The Lord said, you think you have eternal life in these scriptures, but these scriptures are testifying concerning me, but you're not willing to come to me that you might have life. This is why we get killed by the word, because we reject the person of the Lord or we neglect the person of the Lord. May we all have a turn and admit to the Lord, Lord, I can't do these things that are in your word, but I need you, I love you, and I want to receive every word you give as your breath. Dick, a major point is made in Witness Lee's message that whether or not God is able to bring us as his people to his intention depends a lot on the kind of response that we offer to the word when and to the Lord when he presents us with it. I think we're going to see something very close to this in this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. God, from the very beginning, never had an intention to give us any kind of commandment charging us to keep. God's eternal intention is not to ask us to do something for him. God's eternal intention is to work himself into us. He comes to you to talk to you. He has no intention that he just tells you this, that, this, that, this, that, 10 commandments, 20 commandments, 100 commandments, 500 commandments, then you learn to keep all the commandments. God's intention is not like this. You know, I came from the uh, cold country 40, 50 years ago. I was living there in the very north of China. It was really cold. You know, we don't have the heater. We mostly uh, use coal-burning stove to uh, heat the whole room. In the uh, cold day, we like to stand very close to the stove. And after standing there for half an hour, and I came to another room, the other room's people realize that some kind of heat comes out of my body, even comes out of my uh, my closing, the heat of that stove infused me with the burning heat. Okay, God's intention is to have a people to stay with him, to get close to him, that he may transfuse this people with himself. God eventually delivered rescued all the children of Israel out of Egypt. God did that. If you have the heavenly vision, you could see God's intention was to bring a people who were separated from him back to him, to a very spot where he was and there they were, to stay together with him. Today in the New Testament, not only to him, but into him. And this is God's intention. What did they do? They did nothing. God did everything. For their thinking, God did something. For their eating, God did something. Then God eventually brought them 
to the very spot where God was calling Moses. God told him, go and bring the people here to this month. You come to this month to feast with me. God didn't say, you go and rescue these people out of Egypt. I have a lot of use of them. I have a lot of work for them to finish for me. Go to get them. God never told Moses in this way. God told him, go and take the people here to feast with me. God did it. God brought all the people. Brother Dick, except for receiving Christ initially, is there a more critical realization or even revelation than what we're seeing and talking about today? Absolutely not, Chris, because we need to realize that God desires to just be with us, to work himself into us, and this is so critical for our Christian life and so critical for the fulfillment of God's economy. We must see this revelation. Well, he made this point, and this is what I'd like to ask you to speak about, that God's intention in saving us is not to get us to the point where we say, okay, what shall we do for him? But rather, his intention is to get us to a point where he can become everything to us. This is quite a profound difference, isn't it? It really is. Because, let's face it, when I first became a Christian, Chris, I saw all the things in the Bible as things that I needed to do for God. And I tried to do them. And you know what happened? I ended up condemned. In fact, I ended up wanting to give up being a Christian. I didn't know why. I, didn't, I couldn't understand. But when I came under this ministry, I realized God's intention and his heart's desire is not that our life just be filled with doing a lot of things for the Lord, but rather being with the Lord, being infused with the Lord, transfused by the Lord, mingled with the Lord, and just brought into the most intimate oneness with him by spending time with him in his word. When you see this, you realize God's intention is so precious and so high. When you consider the children of Israel, what was the whole point of the Exodus? He got them out of there and took them to the wilderness where there is zero except for himself. And his desire was that they would just be with him to the point where they're saturated and permeated and soaked with him, and they even shine with him. They would be his expression, they'd be his people, and he would be their God in the most intimate oneness for his heart's desire. I really like the example that he used as a young boy in northern China where the winters were cold and how they would gather up close to the wood stove or the coal stove, I guess. And as he would stay there for an extended period of time, he had the experience that when he would even go into the next room, other people could feel the heat radiating off of him that he absorbed from that stove. This is quite a picture. I think it really illustrates exactly what was happening to Moses and what God intended for all of his people. That's really true. It's like the Lord is this wonderful heater, and he's just saying, come and stay with me till you become my reflection, till you become my testimony. Isn't it wonderful that in this exodus, the Lord took his people out of Egypt and separated them unto himself and charged them, hold a feast unto me. He just wanted to have the most pleasant, happy time in the whole universe being with his people. It's like he's saying, come, stay with me, and be transfused with me. You'll be like a person who's next to that hot stove that eventually gives this heat to everyone. 
May we all be so contagious because we're so much with our dear Christ who wants to transfuse himself into mankind. You know, I'm thinking of uh, Stephen in Acts 7. I tell you, he was somebody who was just with the Lord, stayed with the Lord. He was next to that heater, that stove. He was just radiating the heat, and it was showing in his face. It says he had the face of an angel. They did not know what to do with him because this was God manifested in the flesh. He was with the Lord, been transfused with the Lord, and was mingled with the Lord. And even his speaking was absolutely in oneness with the Lord. This is a proper testimony. The Lord's desire and his intention is that we would have this kind of experience with him. Dick, I think that we have come back to this word intention, God's intention in his interaction with his people Israel, even in the context of the giving of the law, is really the focus of where we're at today. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You read the first few verses of chapter 19. God came to meet with his people. There was no thunder. There was no darkness. There was no trumpeting. Everything was nice. While everything was quiet, God came in. God said, I brought you here like a big eagle, put you all upon my wings. This is God's consideration. To them, they walked out of Egypt. They walked through the wilderness, and they walked to the mount of God. But to God's consideration, they were on God's wings. I will make you a peculiar people, my treasure, my personal possession. And I will make you a kingdom of priests. Is this kind of word a word of law, a word of grace? I would say even more, a word of love. A word of love expressed by the grace. If you and I were there, we would say, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. We don't deserve. We are not worth a while. Thank you, Lord. When the children of Israel heard these things, they didn't know themselves. And by the following chapters, you could see, they didn't have a heart for God. And they didn't know God, practically speaking. Even Aaron was quite ignorant. If he was not ignorant, how could he do that thing? To take down the gold and put it in the fire? and shaping it, and make it a calf for them to worship. All these are signs showing that all of them didn't know God so well. They didn't have a heart. Since they didn't know themselves, neither they knew God. So God changed the atmosphere. And God changed his attitude. God right away told us to go down to charge the people, to sanctify themselves and be careful and so forth. Right away, the thunder came, the voice came, the trumpeting sounded. It became a terrible situation. This was not God's intention, right? Moses, he went to the mountain top and he stayed with God for 40 days. Forty days were mainly to infuse Moses. In those forty days, God didn't do anything. God was happy to have one of his people staying with him. Good to stay with God for forty days. 
just transfusing. 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 This is top profession to get God transfusing us. To get God fully transfused into us that we may shine Him. This is much, much higher than doing anything for God. For you to shine God, you need some time to stay with God. Not doing anything. Just get God transfused into your being. God's intention is to bring those occupied people by Pharaoh out of that snare and bring them to his mind where he infuses all of them with himself. Dick, here we see the Lord. He keeps Moses on the mountain in his presence for 40 days, even before he begins to speak to him regarding the commandments. In Exodus 20, verse 20, Moses tells the people that the Lord is proving them or testing them. Let me read the verse. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, in order that the fear of him may be before you, so that you do not sin. But their word to Moses in chapter 19, verse 8, which seems quite good, really was the evidence that they had already failed the test. This is verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that Jehovah has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to Jehovah. Dick, what did their response indicate? And what would have been a response that the Lord was really looking for? What did their response indicate? It indicated basically three things. Number one, they were not clear at all about God's intention. God's desire is that they would be with him, they'd be close to him, they'd stay with him, they'd be transfused with him, and be one with him to the point where they and he, he and they, would just be one for the fulfillment of his desire to be expressed through them. Number two, they didn't know God himself. Then number three, for sure, they did not know themselves. They thought they could keep everything that God spoke. Their attitude should have been, we can't keep anything. We need you. We humble ourselves before you. We love you. And we just say, amen to your word. Supply us, Lord. The Lord would have said, okay, I'm happy to do that. You really will be my people. You'll be my living testimony. But they didn't know God. They didn't know God's intention, and they didn't know themselves. The second half of your question is, What would have been the response that the Lord was looking for? The response I already mentioned a little bit is, Lord, I see what you're asking, but I can't do it. But Lord, I trust you. I need you. I open to you. Have mercy on me. If this is your attitude, the Lord will come in, transfuse you with himself, giving you the ability you do not have to keep what he's spoken and to live him out. You asked earlier in the program, what can we expect if we come to the Word or take the Word in the wrong way. You know what you can expect? Darkness, gloom, trembling, fire, and death. But if we open properly to the Lord and receive His Word with a proper attitude through prayer, the Lord will transfuse us with Himself, enabling us to do what we never could do, to be what we never could be, because He provides Himself as the necessary element. We always want to approach the Lord's Word and receive His speaking 
in a way of, Lord, I'm here to be with you. I love you. I love every word you speak. Transfuse me. Have mercy on me. You know what will happen? You'll end up in the highest profession in the universe. You know what the highest profession in the universe is? Just taking time with God in his presence to be infused and transfused with him. Dick, I think of two words to kind of summarize our program today, intention and infusion. How about these two together? These are wonderful words. God's intention is just to infuse us with himself. These two sum up everything. Well, I think that I could speak for Dick. We feel a sense of privilege to be able to bring a broadcast that could be potentially so liberating to so many of God's people. This ministry, we have to testify, has been liberating to us from approaching the Word in a way that has the potential to slay us and at times even slaughter us to be brought to this person, this wonderful, warming God who wants to infuse and even transfuse his element into us through his word. I'd like to thank Dick Taylor for being with us again. Another enjoyable time. Thank you, Brother Dick. You're welcome, Chris. Good to be here. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.